It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. So third and goal, the ball inside the two, and O'Connell's out of the shotgun. Pocket holds to the end zone. What a catch! And he kept his feet down! Christian Wilkerson with the toe tap in the back of the end zone! This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. We're pumping it up as we kick into hour number three of the show here. Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man Ari, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. I like to call it Studio Q. We threw out the question on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Who is it that you believe needs to have a big week, final preseason game? Or who do you think may be on the roster bubble? And then is there any player that you've been pleasantly surprised by so far? We got reason or excuse coming up later in this hour. Uh, a guy that knows a lot about pumping it up in the Jersey area is our guy Mark in Jersey. He says, my two players that need to shine out are Roberts and Cole. So there you go, Roberts and Cole. Roberts makes a team, Cole doesn't. My surprise player is Drake Thomas. That's from Mark in Jersey. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good one right there. Uh, we're going to be interested to see. Really, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how all this shakes out. And I believe that he's talking about Amik Robertson when he says Roberts. So uh, that's that's my my opinion on that one. But, uh, yeah, definitely continue to hit us with your feedback. Drake Thomas is a good one. <laughs> Drake Thomas is a really good one. He really showed out on Saturday against the Rams. So, Mark, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And, again, you can keep that feedback coming at 69187, keyword R&R. But without any further ado, <laughs> got to go out to the Hall of Famer. Very excited by our next guest that we have on the show today, and that is Andrea Kramer. And she does just about everything. When I tell you, I mean everything. HBO Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel. She's been there for a long time, co-host of CBS Sports Network. Uh, she's got the show We Need to Talk. It's coming up on the 10th anniversary. NFL Network. Again, mentioned Pro Football Hall of Famer. Andrea, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you. I don't know if there's a job or a title out there that you don't have outside of radio host on Radio Nation Radio 920. Would you like a show on the radio station? <laughs> well, all I can say, Q, thanks for having me on, is that I have officially made it if I'm on your show. That's, that's, you know, that's been the hole in my resume, and now, after today, it has been filled. No, there's, there, there's no doubt. The pleasure is all mine. Trust me, when you have a Hall of Famer on the show, the pleasure is all mine, and you've done a fantastic job covering the NFL, and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show this afternoon. And there's a lot of storylines leading into the regular season, as there always is with the NFL. It's a machine. And I thought I was going to start off with Jonathan Taylor, and then for, earlier today we found out about Sam Darnold being named the backup quarterback in San Francisco, meaning Trey Lance, the guy that they invested a lot of draft capital in to go up and get, is the third-string quarterback. It seems like it's inevitable that he's on his way out of San Francisco. What were your thoughts when you saw Darnold announced as the backup quarterback? I think it was inevitable. And, and by the way, Q, I, I love this time of the year because hope springs eternal for everyone, right? Yes. Everybody's at 0-0. Everybody has a shot. We all know that in the NFL, there's always bottom feeders from last season that rise to the top and can win a division. Uh, you know, you could be four and twelve like the Rams and win the Super Bowl. You know, however, however it works. So I love this time of the year. And and next week with cut down day, that will be obviously that's that's it's so huge, especially because you are having to cut so many players uh, to get down to the to to the roster sizes. Um, they obviously they brought in Sam Darnold because they had to because even with the most optimistic of of thoughts. 
you don't know what you have with, with Trey Lance and you don't know what you have with Brock Purdy during the offseason when, when they're both recovering from serious injuries and, and Purdy from his surgery. And so I think that Sam Darnold was a great pickup. And my money's always with Kyle Shanahan developing quarterbacks. That being said, you know, it's, it's difficult because you got to try to get something for Trey Lance, right? You mm-hmm. gave up so much for him. And look, as the, as the Seahawks proved with Russell Wilson ages ago, just because you, you spend a lot of money on a quarterback doesn't mean that you can't, you know, you can't put the better guy in there. In, in Seahawks' case back then, it was Russell Wilson. And in this case, it's, it's potentially Brock Purdy continuing as, as the starter, assuming he could stay healthy. But they have to try to get something for Trey Lance, right? Even though, even though, I certainly don't think that they would be in the wrong if they kept all three quarterbacks. If any team has been just snake bit at the quarterback position, especially a Super Bowl contender, it's been the Niners. I mean, when you look at the number of starters that, that, that Kyle Shanahan has had, it's just uncanny. So especially when you have, you know, three quarterbacks and, and you've got your emergency quarterback this year, I certainly don't think it would be wrong for them to keep all three. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the thing with Trey Lance, as you mentioned, they invested so much to go get the young man. They really haven't got anything from him. I mean, he's played basically about four or five games, a handful of games so far in the NFL, so you really don't know what you have with him. It feels like to me that there's got to be a team out there that can actually invest some real time in seeing who this young man is, and that's inevitably where he ends up going, but I look around the league, and I don't, I just don't know what team that is. Do you have any idea where you think a good landing spot would, for Trey would be? Well, but he, but here, here's, here's two things, of course. <laughs> the irony is that they moved up to get Trey Lance yep. because Jimmy Garoppolo was so injury prone, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the one year that Garoppolo stayed healthy the whole season, they make it to the Super Bowl. What were they within like six, six, seven minutes of being able to win the Super Bowl? So they get Trey Lance and then he turns so far in his brief career turns out to be as brittle as, and hence unreliable as, um, as Garoppolo was. It's hard to know because at this point, Q, any team that brings him in, it's, in a, it's really in a developmental role because you're teaching him a new offense. You, are, you, you, you can't expect him to necessarily be a backup. You don't even know what you have with him. You'd think that you would go to someone, you'd look at a team that, that has sort of some of the Shanahan um, you know, background in in because of the offense and you know you there there'll be some commonalities there so if you're if you're talking about looking around the league you know you you'd think there but really at this point who who needs a backup that is so un unreliable when it comes to staying healthy right it's a it's a it's a difficult situation for for the young man and um but again they couldn't move on him any earlier in the in in this in the cycle uh, because they, they didn't know what necessarily they were going to have with Purdy and his health. I'll tell you what, he was just in Las Vegas. The Raiders and Niners had joint practices before their preseason game, and it right. felt like they were showcasing him. And I'll tell you, Andrea, there wasn't yeah. much to showcase, right? And again, inexperienced, but <laughs> I, did, I just didn't see anything. I saw a lot of interceptions and a lot of inconsistencies and just, you know, a lot of non-confidence. And when you don't get out there and get on the grass and actually get some, some action – how can you have any kind of confidence? So I feel like they're in a real bad situation where they might end up, like you said, get stuck with all three quarterbacks, and that might end up being not a bad thing at the end of the day. 
no, I don't think it would be a bad thing. And at least they, they, at least Trey Lance knows, knows Kyle system. Right. At least you, you, you have that. So, you know, it, it's going to be whether or not, uh, then after the season, you, you have to, you have to regroup and, and see where you are and, and go from there. But I don't, um, you know, you always have to, every team, you always have to, you always have to know what's out there. You always have to, but you know, Jonathan Taylor, you mentioned him earlier. You have to know, you know, where the interest is, what the compensation could be. There's no harm in asking. It doesn't mean you have to take the deal, but, um, but certainly it's, it's, uh, it's been a rough, rough road for him. And again, it's, it's the oldest cliche, right? Durability, ability, mm-hmm. uh, you know, availability. It, it, but it, the reality is, is that that's, that's the way it works in, in professional sports and the National Football League. There's no doubt about it. Again, we're with the Hall of Famer right now, Andrea Kramer, here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I wanted to get to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the Colts have allowed him and his, his representation to go out and seek a trade. We know that the running backs are not really respected in the league like that right now to go get a first-rounder, which is apparently what the Colts are looking for. How do you think that this shakes out? And Is this relationship between the Colts and Taylor, is it savable or is it just a done deal? Now, I must admit, Q, that I'm surprised that you would take the valuable time in your wonderful show to talk about Jonathan Taylor when, hello, isn't your hometown team dealing with a situation yes. like this? Yes. But, and Josh Jacobs? Yes, but I you think, know, he, I think uh, he's going to show up, though. I think he's showing up sooner rather than he'll later. He'll show up. He's, he's going to show up. Yeah, right. he's, he's going to show up. And, and you know, listen, if, if anything, in, in all sincerity, if you look at the way the Colts have dealt with this situation and you look at the way the Raiders have dealt with it, the Raiders, I mean, you correct, please correct me if I'm wrong. The Raiders haven't engaged in any, in any rhetoric. They haven't, you know, they haven't, they've, they've just kind of kept their nose to the grindstone and, and just worked with the guys that they have, but they haven't certainly besmirched Josh Jacobs in any way. They certainly, everybody knows what his value is. Uh, and I don't just mean monetarily, but right. you know, what he, what the season that he produced last year, but Jonathan Taylor, it's, it, you know, you get, you get to this, one of those situations where everybody talks about bad blood. Guess what? You know what? You know what gets rid of bad blood? Money. Green. Green gets rid of <laughs> right. bad blood. And, and so if, if, you know, it makes you wonder if Chris Ballard would sweeten the pot a little bit for the, for the last year of his contract, the way that the Giants did with Saquon Barkley, because listen, ev- everybody knows, but boy, is it true. Yep. Yep. Anthony yep. Richardson needs a strong running game. You have such an inexperienced quarterback and we know that he's this great athletic specimen, but do you really want, do you really want Anthony Richardson, you know, running RPOs and, and, and running that much, just generally, you know, bootlegs. And you, do you want, do you want to put him in that position almost as though he's your, he's your primary running threat? I'm not sure that's a great way to, to break in a, a, a rookie quarterback who's already inexperienced. I just can't imagine that they would want to get rid of Jonathan Taylor when he could be so integral to Anthony Richardson's development. But, you know, again, you put it out there, you see what you can get. I, I, I don't think that the Colts would be short-sighted and just take anything for Taylor. And then at some point, He's going to have to decide what's worth, what's really worth me missing. Because 
Because Le'Veon Bell's history is written all over this type of thing. You know, you we, we saw him years back, turned down the Steelers, uh, sat out the whole season for what? For nothing. Mm-hmm. It did not work in his favor. And I think that any back, whether it would be Josh Jacobs, whether it be Jonathan Taylor, who who would sit on an entire season, I certainly just think it, it's it's misguided. And it certainly doesn't guarantee you anything for next year. Right. I'm, I'm with you. And that's why I believe that Josh Jacobs will show up. He's got $10.1 million in, in, in reasons why he should show up to, uh, to camp and be ready for week one of the season. And ultimately I think that's going to happen, but you know, Andrea, let me just ask you about the running back position. Is there any kind of solution on how they can get the value that they're looking for, where the NFL as a unit is and, and a, and a, and a, a organization is saying, yeah, you guys aren't valued. Like you think you're valued. Well, look, I am always, I have always been pro player. Yes. I have seen what the game has done to, to players over the years. And I'm always going to be in favor of players getting all they can as soon as they can for as long as they can. That, that's always been what, where, where I come from. I've done stories on the attrition at the running back position because it's got the shortest career span of any position. You know, I, I literally, I literally woke up, you know, with a camera in Jerome Bettis's home one day, the morning after a game to, to, to get a true unvarnished view of what it's like after you have just been through multiple car wrecks the day before. So I understand the, 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 I feel like I understand the running back position. And of course, Bill Parcells, you know, his famous line about, you know, once the treads off the tires, you're never getting it back. It's a really difficult thing because uh, typically for most other positions, it's your second contract, which is your big contract. But for a running back, it's, it's, by the time you get to the second contract, if you if you are going the full five years, they've exercised your fifth year option if you're a first round pick. You know, by the time you get to your fifth and sixth year, I, I, people are already looking to replace you. Right. It's just the nature of the position. But listen, you we started off this conversation talking about the Niners. Look how Kyle Shanahan values the running back position. And I don't just mean Christian McCaffrey. I mean, the way that he uses his guys in the backfield. And, and granted, Debo Samuel is a, is a wide receiver. He's not just a running back. But, you know, so a lot of it is, is on how a team is going to use that player. Can you use him in a, in a variety of ways? So maybe he's not just taking the pounding, but some idea that there's going to be a, an alteration to the CBA such that running back contracts are shorter than others. I don't remotely see it happening because what's the incentive for the owners? Right. Yeah. It, it, it just, it just doesn't exist. And it's, it's unfortunate. And the other thing is, of course, you know, these things are always cyclical, but the way you've got, you've also remember, Q, you have arguably the strongest quarterback pool in recent memory. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking, if, if you look back to the class of 83 and, when, you know, Marino and Kelly and, and Elway and things, and now look, but look at the quarterbacks that you have right now in the AFC alone. It's unbelievable. So what are you going to do? 
Right. You're going to try to have just a great running game, or you're going to really capitalize on these incredible quarterbacks. That's the, and that's why you're the Hall of Famer, right? That's why you're the Emmy-winning journalist right there. That's a great way to put it. Uh, it makes a whole lot of sense, even though to the running backs right now, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And they're upset. They're angry. Josh Jacobs obviously hasn't signed his franchise tag. Saquon got a little bit of money put on top, and Tony Pollard signed his immediately. He was like, hey, I, I wasn't a first-round pick. I, I'm getting some some guaranteed money immediately. But, yeah, it's just it's an nature of the beast you're right you know and it's it's a hard pill to swallow but it's exactly what they've got to do well, Andrea this is fantastic I just had a couple how do you, how do you think how do you think Bijan Robinson feels about Oof, right now right right, right. yeah <laughs> you know, yep. number eight pick and and but you know that's that's why you know for for my money turn into a Christian McCaffrey type of player yeah yeah don't just turn into a you know a Derrick Henry type player right and I think uh, Bijan has and, a chance and, to do that and uh, absolutely, absolutely comes in with, you know, really as a three-tool player, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I'm sure he's probably thinking, I better be that three-tool player because, man, if not, that contract is not going to be what it should be. And, Andrea, before we let you go, and this has been fantastic, great stuff. I definitely appreciate your time. I wanted to know, because Raider Nation is pretty fired up about what they've seen from their fourth-round pick, Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback out of Purdue. He's done really well in the preseason. How much stock do you take and have you taken from your years of covering the NFL in preseason action as it kind of relates to the regular season? Oh, it's a, it, it's, it's a tough call, right? Because you don't want to minimize the postseason. But can I remind you that during the COVID year when there was no, no preseason, you know, it, it took a little bit longer to amp up in the regular season. But I, I think that they played a full season and actually had a Super Bowl and everything. And, <laughs> and, and life continued on pretty much as, as, as normal. I, I just really take the the preseason with such a grain of salt. I, I really do. I mean, it, it is it is a great opportunity for young players like this to emerge. I mean, listen, again, let's bring our conversation full circle. The Niners. OK, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant showed something with with any opportunity that he got in the offseason and the preseason last year, which which led the Niners to keep him. So if you have that situation in Vegas where you get a guy who it's not just can he make the throws, can he make the decision, but what's his attitude? Do you, is he really maximizing every single opportunity that he has? If you see that player and 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 you and your scout team, your your first team defense who might be going up against him in scout team, if they if they see that as well, which is what happened with the Niners defenders, you know, first team defense and what they saw in Brock Purdy, if you can see that in 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 Aiden, then yeah, then it's it's absolutely worth it. But again, because you've got this situation where you've got the emergency quarterback position that has been added where, you know, you, you have the guy and if everybody else is out of the game, you can bring him in. Why every, every single team should have, should have, it's going to have three quarterbacks. And if you can have a guy who's developmental, I'll leave you with this. To me, the most important thing, the, the late John Madden, who I had the privilege of, of working with for years and years and years on Sunday night football, he would always say to me, the worst coached position is quarterback, particularly the backup quarterback. I mean, think about it. You've got assistant safety coaches and assistant sec- 
You need a backup, a full-time, in my opinion, full-time backup quarterback coach just for this reason that we're talking about. Because during the season, when you get a young player who you never know when he's going to have to to get game action, but if you are able to coach him up during the season and not take reps away from the other guys, that's a real way that you can that you can continue to develop a guy in season, which I think is 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 hugely important. So. I'd love to see these young players get these opportunities, and um, and if he's shown enough in the preseason, if he's shown Josh, uh, you know, and Dave enough in the in the in the preseason, then I, I sure hope he makes the team, and and I hope he gets some opportunities. I love that thought right there of having a guy that can focus in on the backup quarterbacks. They don't get attention during the regular season. You are spot on about that. And again, going back, that is why you're the Emmy-winning journalist. That is why you're the Pro Football Hall of Famer, and that's why you're with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Andrea, great stuff. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, I got got a couple things percolating for HBO Real Sports, which, um, nice. you know, potentially one kind of pretty big story that I'm working on that uh, – scheduled to air this fall. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we have our 10th anniversary show of we need to talk on CBS, which is unbelievable that it's that the only all female sports show for 10, 10 years, it's, it's still going strong and, uh, and got some NFL network stuff going. So, um, very, very, very grateful to be busy as you and I talked a little bit off camera, grateful that we all have still have these opportunities and, um, really truthfully love the conversation today Q. Uh, thanks so much for thinking about me, you and Ari, for having me on. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to chat again soon. Yes, we definitely will. I appreciate you. Great stuff as always. We'll really talk soon. Uh, thank you so much. All right. Take good care. To all your listeners, uh, stay healthy and safe out there. The Hall of Famer right there, Andrea Kramer. Fantastic stuff. Really good stuff right there. And, man, uh, that's, that's, that's knowledge. Right, there's a reason why she's been around doing what she does for a very long time, and uh, she mentioned the all the all female show that's been around for ten years. Uh, the, the coming up the ten year anniversary, we need to talk. I want to say that we had that uh, that show today between Amber Theo Harris, Paloma Villacana, and uh, Andrea Kramer. That was the the ten year anniversary run right there. <laughs> we we need to talk, but no, in all seriousness. Uh, she dropped some gems right there and talking about conversation with John Madden and talking about the running back position. And I'll tell you, she made a lot of sense as much as, again, I don't like to acknowledge that the running backs aren't getting the love and getting the respect that they should, especially a guy like Josh Jacobs, who I think he's really earned a lot. She brings up a good point. If you have all the money, are you going to spend it all on your quarterback when they have all these quarterbacks out, out there that are great? especially in the AOC, or are you going to just go ahead and give it to your running back and think that, okay, going to get it done with just the running back position alone, right? So, uh, I mean, again, uh, you would like to see there be some kind of balance, but right now where they're playing the whole keep up with the Joneses type situation, that's just not reality. But um, really good stuff, man. Uh, Andrea Kramer, again, been around the NFL for a very long time and definitely appreciate her time this afternoon. And, Ari, I don't know if you even heard her. I know that you were working the phones as well. Uh, She shouted you out, man. Shouted you out for having her on the show as well. She's great, too. Uh, very professional, and we kind of do this thing all throughout the years where we go back and forth and try to figure out the time. So she's yeah. awesome, yeah. Yeah. She's Greatly really, appreciated. really good, and like I said, really knowledgeable. So anytime we get an opportunity to catch up with her, I definitely appreciate that time. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our guy Mitch in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mitch? Hey, Q. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'm blessed. Yeah. Me too. Sister Man is going to my grandson. It's bigger and bigger. <laughs> that's what they uh, do. That's, that's 
what? I didn't hear that. I said that's what they do. They get bigger. <laughs> hey, you're gonna be bigger than me. Probably about junior high. Not middle school. Not middle school. We call it junior high over here in the East Coast. Gotcha. But anyway, I say uh, it's nice that Sam Donald, if Curry gets hurt, he's right in a starting job. And if anyhow, now maybe the Rays should take a fly on on. on. I, I mean, I like our backup quarterback, but um, I think Garvers move over, take on Trey Lance. Maybe a seven round pick. Four nines have no have no leverage now. Didn't pan out. They, I mean, the, the coach not getting the much. Uh, he's not getting much uh, heat there because it's turning looking like he's getting another um, Jamarcus Russell in Trey Lance. But I like to see him getting the shot though. All right. Hey, good stuff, Mitch. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you. And I know Vic Taver from the Athletic has floated out there too that the Raiders should just go ahead and uh, give a flyer. I, I wouldn't be opposed if they were just going to give some low round draft pick, you know, offer a low round draft pick just to see what he's got. But right now he hasn't he hasn't shown anything. He hasn't had a lot of uh, attention, right? He hasn't been on the grass that much uh, in his career. He's been a guy that's been so injury prone. He hasn't had an opportunity to. So uh, where it looks like he has a ton of talent. You just don't know what he could eventually turn into. And so there's going to be a team out there that's going to take a shot on him because, again, he just hasn't had it, and they're going to think that they could be the team that turns him around. But, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, just it's not – I mean, his career, he's has, he's has eight games he's played in in his career, and only four he's got starts, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just it, – it's, it's such a small sample size that you can't really – you can't really judge and, and give a real honest opinion or even assessment on who this guy could be. And so where I would like to say, no, he's not worth it, you just never know. I think the key is, and Andrea pointed it out, that you have to have somebody be able to focus in on the backup quarterback. Once the season starts, you're not getting any attention. If you're the backup quarterback, your job is – and this is why Brian Hoyer is important for the Raiders roster right now because he can help coach up Aiden O'Connell while all attention is on Jimmy G doing, during the regular season. Right now, training camp's a little bit different, but during the, during the regular season, it's all just get the quarterback ready for game day. And the other guys just get the other guys' kind of looks here and there. They don't get a lot of coaching up. And so the thing with Trey Lance is he has to – be coached up he's got to have someone that almost takes him to the side and exclusively works with him all right this is what we need from you this is how we're going to develop you this is what we want to do he's got the athleticism you saw that but we just saw him up close to personal you know in preseason game number one he didn't look he didn't look worth the salt to me he didn't look like a guy that had been in the league for a little bit and actually had a couple starts in the league Aiden O'Connell looked a lot more comfortable than Trey Lance did and Aiden O'Connell had never played in a game so where the intrigue I get I think it'd be healthy for, you know, a lot of teams that could potentially be looking for a franchise quarterback just to throw something to the 49ers and say, hey, this is what we'd be willing to give up and see what their response is. You know, all the, everything they gave up to go get Trey Lance, they, they're going to want to try to recoup some of that. But there's not – they don't have any – like you said, they don't have any leverage to be able to recoup anything because, well, what has he done? But, uh, Mitch, thanks so much for that call. Definitely appreciate you. Got to – a tweet from Lil Al Davis, and he said, great interview by Q with the legendary Andrea, Andrea Kramer. A ton of nuggets dropped, fantastic stuff. And, yeah, there's a reason why she's a pro, pro football Hall of Famer. <laughs> there's just a simple reason. She is great. Uh, always like talking to her. And so uh, having her on the show this afternoon 
was really good. And like I said, she really dropped, like like you said, Lil Al Davis, dropped some really good nuggets. 427 is the time. We'll continue to take your calls and text 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Who is it that you believe needs to have a big week, final preseason game number three? Uh, who's potentially on the roster bubble? And is there a player or two that you've been seeing that you're pleasantly surprised by so far? Let us know about it. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Let me tell you what he wasn't doing. He wasn't in the gym. I bet you that. Come on, he, he wasn't with me. He, he might have spent a lot of time in the tattoo parlor. He was not at the dinner table eating with the nutritionist head advice. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. RC right there. Ryan Clark talking about Tua Tagovailoa. Tua was not too happy with RC, as he said today at the you know little media session he had following practice, basically after kind of going on a little bit of a rant about who he is and respect and how that matters to him, uh, basically said for, to RC to keep his name out of his mouth after uh, you know those those words that you heard Ryan Clark say he wasn't in the gym, he wasn't sitting at the table eating with the nutritionist uh, had had planned out for him. He looks a little puffy, and I'll be honest. Looking at Tua, he looks a little puffy, right? So it's not like RC is wrong. Tua just clearly did not like to be called out, and maybe he shouldn't have called him out like that on TV and had everybody goofing on him, but he didn't really look like he was wrong because, again, Tua looked a little a little puffy as far as I'm concerned. All right, you look like you were – you were about to like bring up some something. No, I don't know. You look like you're froggy, man. So go ahead and. Leave. I, I was just gonna say we will be bringing this. I will be bringing this up in reason or excuse. And, okay. Uh, and I'm glad that you feel that way because uh, I'm gonna challenge you on that. All right. So nice. There you go. That's, That's a what tease, you call a tease. That's absolutely right. Well done, Ari, back at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Of course, I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920, brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Shout-out to my man Mordecai. You can always hit him up if you're looking for anything, 702-382-1234, or you can go to thejewelers.com. Uh, again, they do some great work. They have all the diamonds, watches, everything you need. You need to make an impression. If you need to make an impression, They'll help you make an impression. I'm telling you right now. If you're anybody and you're in Las Vegas, there's only one spot you're going to get jewelry, and that is the Jewels of Las Vegas. And you know my guy Mordecai. If you've ever been there, go check him out. Tell him Q said what up. If you don't know him already, he'll definitely take good care of you. And if, you know, you need something fixed or sized or whatever the case may be while you're there, as soon as you buy it, boom, they'll take care of it right on the spot. So, again, the only spot to go for anyone in Las Vegas is the jewelers.com. Let's go to the phone lines. How about that? It's 702-365-9200. Let's hear from our friend Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey there. How's it going? You know, you brought up who do you want to see to really kind of solidify themselves and get a spot. Yep. You know, last year it was Cosby. I thought he really did that. I was surprised to see that he was back with the Raiders. But then again, maybe not. But I haven't seen much of them. But I have seen a lot from Fotheringham, and I want to see more. That cat's got to make the team somehow, special teams, whatever it is. I think that dude's got a lot of heart and plays really well. Good hands, able to uh, secure the ball, and really put his head down and get some more yardage. If, if there is one thing I would ask, though, is we all know that uh, preseason is all vanilla offense and defense, but how much have you seen? You can't say everything. Say, say it again. You cut out a little bit. It is. Is 20% of what we're going to see in the regular season. You know what I mean? As far yeah. as offense plays, they've got 80% more, and Raider Nation should be excited about it. That's 
That's a great point. Raider Dave Endeavor, thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, again, everything is vanilla as it can get, right? I mean, it's vanilla with no sprinkles. It's vanilla with no chocolate. It's vanilla with no cones. It's vanilla with no cup. It's vanilla with no spoon. It's just vanilla. Like, at this point, I mean, you either pick it up with your hands or you lick it, (laughs) right? I mean, there is nothing that goes with it. That's what the preseason is. It is absolutely vanilla. That's offensively and defensively. Now, these guys want to win as Joshua Daniels has won six in a row in the preseason as Raiders head coach. But, yeah, you're spot on. It is, it is vanilla, and that's part of this that intrigues me. That's part of this that excites me about this upcoming season of Raider football. I mean, I get excited anyway. I mean, when I sit back and think about what we do for a living every day and we get to come on the radio for three hours and talk with Raider Nation about the silver and black, I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that for me. But So I get excited. I get fired up. You know. But the, the thing is – if these guys execute like I think they can, knowing, as Amber Theo Harris pointed out in the first hour of the show, Josh has his guys. He has the guys that he wanted. He was very obvious from day one that he wanted his guys. He's got them now. So, okay, now Cook, right? I mean, you, you brought in your dudes. Show what Jacoby Myers can do. Show what all these guys can do. Show what Jimmy G can do. Show what all these players that you drafted could do, right? Show what's in your mind, what's your vision. We talked about it a lot in the offseason where I didn't know what the plan was. I know JT referenced the the plan a few times, and he's heard the plan, this, that, and the other. Well, the plan wasn't rolled out to us, right? And, and, And I totally respect the fact that JT, you know, had an idea of what they were trying to do. I didn't know what they were trying to do until I saw it. And I'm okay with that because, again, they don't owe me squat. All, all I have to do is sit there and observe, and I can come back and talk about it. Until I actually saw what it looked like the plan was, I had no idea. So now that you kind of get an idea of what they're trying to do, you say, okay, now this makes sense. All right, now I see what they're looking for. I mean, just in training camp, looking at the, you know, the guys that could play the slot, the guys that they could, you know, are versatile to play outside, the fact that they tried to uh, add speed to both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. That's something that the Raiders as a team, did not have enough of last year was speed. They brought in guys that are quick. You know, Ja'Korian Bennett, defensively, speed, speed, speed. I mean, when we talked to some of these guys at the practice facility, we literally asked them, hey, who's the fastest guy on the team? And there's about five or six guys that all claim that they're the fastest dude on the team. Last year, it would have been like one dude. <laughs> Everyone else would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, he's got that. Right? I mean, that's just that's what they do. They brought in size. We talked about Cam Sims earlier, six foot five. As I go through the roster, I literally have it in my hand. DeAndre Carter's five foot eight. That's one wide receiver. Uh, Philip Dorsett's five foot ten. Renfro, same thing, five foot ten. DJ Turner, who's no longer on the team, was five nine. Uh, let's see, what's another wide receiver? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here I go. I'm rolling. Cam Sims six five. Christian Wilkerson six one. Keelan Cole six one. Trey Tucker five nine. Probably on a, on a good day. Point is, is they have variety. Right? They, they, they're mixing it up. And these guys could play multiple positions. I didn't even mention Devontae Adams. He's 6'1". Right? I mean, it's just they have, they have versatility. And that's something that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have talked about so much is versatility. Guys that can play multiple roles. Like, you know guys that – I mean, you Jacoby Myers at his size could play in the slot. Devontae Adams could play in the slot. <laughs> right? Think about that. A guy like Philip Dorsett could kick outside and, and, and just take the, t- the top off the defense. Trey Tucker, same thing. Or you could have a guy like DeAndre Carter 
sit back and get a wide receiver screen and then use his speed. Trey Tucker, he can get an end around, use his speed. The only thing I would say, the only knock I'd have on Trey Tucker is the consistency with his hands. If he consistently holds on to the ball, that, then he's all of a sudden he's in a really good position. But that's one knock that I'll have on him is that I haven't seen that yet. I know during the game on Saturday he had a visor on, then he took it off, and I don't know if that makes a difference or not, whatever. But that's what he's got to do. If there's one thing he needs to work on, and maybe we'll see it on Saturday. Maybe he's a guy that should get some run on Saturday against the Cowboys. Work on those hands. I know that they said that uh, the, the coaching staff was working on him catching the ball with his hands as opposed to letting it get to his body. And when you let the ball get to your body, you know what happens. It hits your pads, and then boom, it bounces right off. Now, to his credit, he made a hands catch, a very nice hands catch, on Saturday from Aiden O'Connell on the outside where he had to lay out and get it. That was a strong hands catch. Needs to have more of those hands catches as opposed to letting the ball get into his body. But uh, good stuff. Thank you so much, Raider Dave. We appreciate you. We'll stay in Denver. How about Glenn in Denver? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yo, hey, a couple things I really want to see. First off, be I really want to see the DBs closing the deal. We saw quite a few drops the first couple games. That. I mean, that, that to me is going to be the biggest game changer, having that swing and momentum. Um, I, it helped me to hear, I can't remember the guy's name. He had a face shield on. He took it off for the second half and was able to start catching balls. But Trey Tucker. I mean, that, that yeah, Trey Tucker. That, that's the biggest thing I really want to see. And like I said, if, uh, if they get some of that done, close up two more of those interceptions that we would have had, due to drops, but, man, I think I think that would be one of the biggest keys for our success going forward. I like it. Good stuff, Glenn. We appreciate you. I'll tell you, man, you guys in Denver, the Broncos must have something in Denver where they're messing with your phone so you, you, you don't get no love. Like, you can't, call, you can't call Raider Nation Radio 920 and talk about uh, the silver and black. It's like the Broncos have some kind of – some kind of force field or some kind of shield or they got some kind of geo fencing or whatever those smart people talk about. They've got something like that going, oh, oh, wait, hold on. They're calling They're calling Vegas to talk about the Raiders? No, no, no. Go ahead and scramble up their phone real quick. Make them sound like they're underwater. Do something to them. Do something good for your country. Hurry. Right? <laughs> right? I don't know what it is, man. Denver ain't being too kind to your phones, but I understood. I got the call from Raider Dave and Glenn, both out of Denver. Good stuff, and I totally understand it. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, while you were on hold, I was talking about Trey Tucker and the fact that he took his mask off and then came out and started catching some passes. He's got to be consistent. Defensively, these guys have got to get, continue to get in the habit of coming away with the ball, finishing the play. I pointed out to Meek Robertson earlier in the, the show. Got to be able to come away with the interception. When it's right there and it hits both of your hands, I'd like to get back to the day of – I honestly would love to see this. I know they won't do it because there's a, there's a, a play clock. I would love to see when a, a wide receiver or a DB has both hands on the ball and should come away with the catch and it doesn't, it hits the ground. I'd love to see them just give them 10 push-ups. Mary, back in the day, that was the rule. You get your hands on the ball and you drop it, 10 push-ups. I'd love to see, and you see every once in a while in practice, you'll see a guy, Trey Tucker did it in the indoor facility one day. He put one on the ground. He only did five. But I'd like to see 10 push-ups, right, just because, again, it's like, man, you get your hands on that ball, you've got to be able to come away with it. Like, like Robert Spillane said, the game is called foot ball the most important thing in the game is the ball you've got to have the ball so they do like glenn said need to continue to work on coming away with 
the ball. So thank you so much for those calls. We do appreciate you. And I'm going to make a call to Denver. I'm going to let those guys know to stop being so unkind to your guys' phones. That's not right. I got my guy Cody out there in Denver. I got a couple people at those radio stations in Denver. I'm going to tell them to go ahead and lift those geofencing for my guy Raider Dave and also Glenn. Man, we definitely appreciate you. Uh, we'll take a quick break. It's 444. We'll come back with reason or excuse. That's no excuse either. That geofencing thing is real. Ari's going to take over the wheels of steel here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on unnecessary roughness. All right, Q. Well, that didn't take long. James Harden is back. It was what, like two days ago? Man. Unreal. We got one. So, uh, NBA Players Association intends to file a grievance disputing the NBA's $100,000 fine for James Harden over the yep. public comments he made expressing displeasure after the Sixers failed to trade him. We're all familiar with this, from reason or excuse. Last month, the NBA sent the memo, the memo to all 30 teams stating that any player or his agent who makes public or private comments indicating, this is interesting language, indicating he won't, quote, fully perform the services called for under his player contract in the event of a trade will be subject to discipline moving forward. The NBA, NBPA disagrees, and plenty of comments were obviously made by Arden. Do his comments suggest that he won't, quote, fully perform the services called for under his player contract in the event of a trade? Is that the reason or an excuse to, to fine him? Uh, it's kind of a polarizing thing. Not not everyone wants him to be fined for this, thinks it's ridiculous. Right. Well, well, I'll say this. If the wording that they said is the wording that you said, then they're out of line for fining him. If they're saying he's publicly saying that he won't perform if traded, then they're out of line because he didn't say he wouldn't perform if traded. He said he wasn't playing for Daryl Morey. He currently is under contract with a team that is ran by Daryl Morey. When he said that Daryl Morey is a liar and he'll never play for that guy again, and he repeated it, he doubled down. So if anything, if they want to say something, they should say, okay, we're not going to allow you to come out and say that you're not going to play for the team that you're under contract. Like, I think it's bad business to publicly bash the team that you have, that you're under contract with. It's like me coming on the radio and publicly bashing the radio station because I'm upset at something. That's something you should do behind closed doors, but we know it's 2023 and we hear it all the time. We see guys scrub social media, tweet out stuff, get on Instagram, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, especially in the NBA, they have that player empowerment. So I know that's what the NBA is trying to take back, but with this, not suspension, with this fine, if it truly is the language of not performing what's your duties under contract, if traded, then they're wrong. But if it's not, if traded, if it's just uh, with the team that they're under contract, then they're absolutely right. So really they've got to figure out the language of what they're trying to say, because it could be a big excuse as far as I'm concerned. Either way, I don't think he's going to get traded because I don't know who the hell wants him. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think uh, I'm going to guess that Harden's lawyers are a little bit stronger, believe it or not, than the NBA PA. I could be wrong, but I feel like a good lawyer is probably going to chew that up because you and I could figure it out. So I think they could probably get that. I know language is a big deal when it comes to the law and contracts and whether or not someone has a claim. That language is is serious. Like language is one word can, you know how they say one word could mean different, like three different things Yeah. in contracts. You can, you can find a way to finagle it to make it sound like something totally different. So yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of deep diving into that rule, into that, you know, that fine and what they're going to do moving forward with, uh, with James Harden. 
Yep. Uh, we will hear from him, I'm sure, again, because this is not over. It's never over. No. we got a football season to, to deal with, but okay. we'll still go with Hardy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so earlier I mentioned Ryan Clark, who I will build myself as a credible NFL analyst and a former yep. player, says Tua hasn't been in the gym enough and joked he spent more time in the tattoo parlor than in the gym. According to Tua, Ryan Clark should keep Tua's name out his mouth. And Ryan Clark should, uh, to, to me, the, the reason or excuse to me I'm going to give you is my thoughts are Ryan Clark should not do his job because Tua is is Samoan and the Musos don't play around. And I, I could speak on that. I know. I've known a lot of Samoans. They don't play around. And so what he's talking about, he's serious, Tua. But also, like, I don't know. Does that mean we get? Does that mean we're in trouble here for for talking about? No. That? What's your job? Do? First of all, know, what's Tua gonna do? Of we course, gonna run up on him because he said he, he we can get scrappy too. Okay, so what are you gonna do? You yeah, gonna I mean, run up on Ryan Clark. Okay. He's not lifting a finger, even if that no. was the case. But regardless, no. I guess my my part of this or my reason or excuse to you is like, it's a someone a credible analyst host, basically reporting on something in sports that's a reason or an excuse for you to be threatened in a big platform in the middle of a press conference and be told to keep his name out your mouth that just sounds weird to me yeah i'll say this man i don't i didn't like the way that rc did it because he he joked about him and he didn't let it go right it's one thing to say you know he looks a little puffy because he does Right? He does look, and it doesn't look like he spent a lot of time in the gym. But then when everyone on the panel, you know, uh, Dan Orlowski, Marcus Spears, others said, all right, all right, you know, don't do him like that, don't do him like that. And he just kept going and kept going. I can see where Tua is not really angry, but more embarrassed, right? So I can, I can see why he's saying what he's saying because it's more of an embarrassment because he just really kind of dogged him in a, in a major way. And like he said, you know, us us Samoans, we we're we're a prideful people. We uh, we live with respect, this, that, and the other. And so I can see where, where he's upset. But at the end of the day, he don't look like he spent some some time in the gym. So Ryan's not wrong. It's just that probably the way that he went about it, it rubbed Tua the wrong way. This is something that'll be over and done with by tomorrow morning. It's not really a big deal, but for today, it's good. So I mean, I think I think it's I don't know. I guess it's an excuse. But I understand why why Tua is not too happy just the way that that RC went on about it. So and I'll just I'll just say I think he should just handle that on the field, show and prove, right? And just right, just, that's true. That's that'll shut everyone up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on out there and, and handle your business. You're right. And look, they have a really good team. They might be the team that's in line to go get Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. They Which, have all the weapons on the outside and Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They have a defense that's a lot better. I know. Uh, I know. Jalen Ramsey's not there till probably late December, if that. And I know Xavier Howard's always in the in the news for the wrong wrong reasons, but they're a really good team. They have an opportunity in a very tough division, the AFC East, to be solid and, and maybe win that division and make a deep playoff run. So I wouldn't worry about what RC's saying. Right. I'm with you. I think that he should just worry about getting out there, get ready, get focused on week one, and then and then call it a day. So there you go. Indeed. Speaking of calling it a day, do we have any days of the day or days of the year? We do. What are your thoughts on uh, Cuban sandwiches, National Cuban Sandwich uh, Day? I'm out. Me too. Ah, out. We agree on one. I don't even know what a Cuban sandwich is, but I'm It's out. like pork and stuff and uh, uh, I, I a like bunch pork. of stuff that I'm not down with. So. I like pork. It's all about me. Is it a hot sandwich or is it cold sandwich? I think it's hot. Oh, okay. Wait, never mind. I'm back in. All You're right. out. I'm in. It's Radio 920. Have a good one.